1: I am Raphael. And I am Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today we're going to explore a topic that's essential. If we hope to cultivate a global society in which we could all live in peace and wellness together, that would be very nice. Until that happens, we'll need many more of us growing up awake Psychic and different, which is the subject of our show today. What is that like and how do we help guide our children to grow up more aware of their soul life and purpose even in the face of being seen as different than most others? I'm sure that many of us felt somehow different and that we didn't belong with most others at least some of the time that we were growing up. I think every child experiences this from time to time. In fact, it seems that today there are even more ways that a child could feel different from others and even feeling alienated more now than ever. Not only are there differences in our nationality, race, and cultural backgrounds, along with differences in our family's socioeconomic status and religion, There is increasing awareness amongst children and teens of their differences in gender identification and sexual orientations. Children raised by single parents, adoptive or foster parents, or same-sex parents may feel different than those who have both of their biological parents raising them. Then, of course, there are children with certain illnesses or conditions who feel quite different than those who are relatively healthy without obvious conditions that make them stand out in the general public. And you can add to that growing list all the categorical distinctions that kids, as well as adults, tend to make along the way of them growing up. Smart kids. Can you believe it? Being smart is makes people different. Slow kids. Popular ones. Unpopular ones. Jocks and nerds. Cool kids and dorks. And... Or eyes, and well, you get the picture. As challenging as it could be for many of us to have gone through some kind of discrimination based on those kind of identifiers, there is only one quality that can single out kids as different in quite a different way than any other factor. When the quality that differentiates you from most other isn't an external condition or situation, such as your body type, condition, or looks, or personality quirk, or affiliations or accomplishments, but an inner, more ineffable or subtle difference, such as the degree of your awareness and what you are much more aware of. It could be more challenging in some ways for both the child as well as the parents, teachers, ministers, counselors, healers, and other caregivers. Why? Because the more awake and psychic child often knows, feels, sees, and hears far more than their adult caregivers as well as other children. At least with a more external difference, such as a body condition or race or lifestyle, there are many others that could relate to you more easily, even if you are in the minority in that regard. But what do you experience when you know you are meant to guide or help heal the very people who believe they are responsible for you and instead are supposed to teach you to fit in and believe what they believe to be true and real. As I've mentioned in previous episodes of our show, that I became aware that I had lived before and that I was to grow up to be a spiritual teacher this lifetime when I was only five years old. By the age of 11 years old, I was aware that a lot of what I was being taught in my parents' church was often not true. I knew in schools as well that much of what I was being taught about history wasn't true. I often knew how my father felt more than he did. I knew that my mother, of course, was overwhelmed with having so many children and uh, oftentimes a full-time job. Of course, I love them dearly anyway. They did a great job in spite of their challenges. What did my heightened extrasensory perception as a young child bring me? Often adults, including my own parents, thought something was wrong with me. I even heard them talking one time to each other, asking each other, is Raphael retarded? (laughs) Does she have a learning disability? Was I hard of hearing? Well, actually I was for a couple years because I had a hearing problem that was fixed. Anyway, my mother was a longtime member of the Mensa Society of Brainiacs. Most of my siblings were proven to have extra high IQs, with one brother having an IQ that was off the charts when they measured him at six years old. At least I was considered the quote-unquote dummy of the family And I still earn eye rolls from some of my siblings when I talk about certain things. Well, how was it being as sensitive as a child for me? Well, one of the things I can tell you that I learned about, um, I, I actually have words for it now, but I didn't then. I just used to run away, find a quiet corner somewhere to get away from all the noise and I would curl up and read a book just so nobody would bother me. And sometimes they couldn't even find me. Now we call that trying to create space for yourself because a sensitive person oftentimes feels overwhelmed with energy. And I grew up in a very noisy, very Irish, fighting Irish family that uh, never stopped making noise. Later on, my own father dubbed me as the family peacemaker, though I wasn't always perfectly peaceful myself. Um, I would, whenever I was put in charge, as I was one of the uh, older children and often put in charge of the other kids, one of the things that was my favorite thing to do would be to just make everything quiet and easy and, and stop the fights and stop the yelling and screaming and dramas And so when my parents got home from work, everything was quiet, the jobs were getting done, nobody was arguing with each other, and it always surprised them, because children taking care of children, that doesn't always happen. Another symptom that I had as a child, and not all psychic children have this because personalities vary, but because of my sensitivity, even from very, very early childhood and babyhood, was that I, my personality was showing to be extremely shy. And later, I realized what the shyness was is I wasn't I was having a hard time with the overwhelm of energy that someone would put on me um, or the overwhelm of energy that wasn't very nice, such as when I got put on Santa's knee. And I was always the kid that screamed my head off when <laughs> I got put on Santa's knee because it was, a, it was a foreign energy to me. It wasn't safe feeling. And who knows what Santa's knee, I, what person I really got put on their knee <laughs> of. <laughs> but anyway, Michael, you were very aware and very psychic growing up. What were some of the difficulties you enchi- encountered as a child because of that?
2: Well, I'm a very, very shy person, too. Oh, no, (laughs) not at all.
1: It took me years to kind of get through that and be able to stand in front of anybody without my knees shaking.
2: Yes, but as a child, I I also had that experience of, especially like in class, in school, grade school, where you have to get up in front of everybody to do a report or something like that. Or just, you know, that's one thing. I had a really hard time with is I would memorize a poem or whatever to recite in front of the class. But as soon as I got in the front of the class, it's gone. It's like, wait a minute. Where did it go? I I memorized this. I knew this by heart. And then it's gone. And that's the same thing Raphael is talking about, not knowing how to manage my extra sensitivity where when you're in front of people they all put their attention and most people don't think that matters at all except you're paying attention but for a very psychically sensitive child or person that attention is like a could be as like a laser beam going through the middle of your head
1: <laughs> or the middle of your back or even a steamroller going yeah, steam over roller. you that's how i always experienced yeah. it
2: and i think that's where a lot of people don't realize why, let's say if you're an employee for a boss from hell, <laughs> and you have to go talk to the boss, and you know what you're going to say, but once you get in front of that person, uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, I think I'll come back later. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Um, it doesn't even have to be a boss from hell or anything. It's just that some people have a very strong attention point and it burls into you, and you just forget everything. You can't even think straight. But I think, above all, the biggest challenge of growing up more awake and more psychic than most of the people around you is that there's usually so little validation for you being aware, and especially being more psychic than most of the people around you. What I discovered years later, you know, when I was a young adult, 20 years old, 21 years old, and I was just starting my formal clairvoyant training, was how I started to shut down when I was a child or lower my awareness. You know, they they had that movie, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> but this isn't about intelligence, it's it's about, okay, I'm too sensitive, I gotta shut it down more. It's too Too noisy. Yeah, Yeah. what Raphael described as too noisy and loud. Well, it's not just the sound of people's voices that feels too loud. It's everything, even when everybody's quiet. It's so noisy and and, uh, obtrusive. People are thinking loud. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, tell that to somebody and they'll look at you, you know, even to this day. You're kind of crazy. Okay, so uh, most important thing for me has always been communication, even as a child. I knew I had to establish good communication with people because I knew from a very early age I'm here to teach and to help people. And if I can't communicate with people, establish good communication with others, Adults as well, well, as children's children, on my terms. Well, how am I going to be able to get across to people what I need to tell them? So when I communicated what was important to me, what I was experiencing, a lot of times it fell on pretty much deaf ears. Sometimes it was just like I can see it just going right by the person I'm talking to, They didn't even blink. It's like they literally didn't hear it. So sometimes in the early stages, as a six, seven-year-old, I would repeat myself. But each time, it just goes right by. It's like I didn't make a sound. So that was very strange to me. But other things, you know, if, if I'm talking about the weather, if I'm talking about what somebody's wearing, or I want food, Everybody heard me. But the stuff that I really needed to communicate, the important stuff, that's when people went blank. So once in a while, they'll just pay lip service and say, in response to what I said that was important, they'll say something like, oh, that's nice. And then go on to, what nice weather we're having. Or, or would you like something to drink? Or, you know, here, let me fix your sandwich. Something.
1: Or they like to correct what you said, such as what happened with your mother um, at the train station when you saw a man across the way getting embarrassed.
2: Oh, uh, she didn't correct that. This was a little bit later on uh, as a child. My mom and I were at a, we were, you know, uh, in Japan, of course, and my mom and I were at a train station, and there's lots of platforms, and the platform next, to, you know, across from ours Uh, which was too far to hear anybody talk with all the noise. And I noticed this one businessman talking to another businessman, and the second one, listening, got very embarrassed and um, like humiliated and was having a hard time. So I just mentioned that to my mother, and she said, No, how can you hear uh, somebody talking? And, and I was about to explain it, then our train came, and she said, oh, there's our train, let's get on. And that was the last of that conversation. So it
1: was sort of a form of being blown off uh, gently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're coming up on our first break, so we'll be talking more about this in the next section. But meanwhile, I'd like to remind you to make sure to check out our website, micheltamora.com, for all our upcoming events. We have a wonderful new set of teleclasses about your life on the astral plane that you are living out of your body. We're offering them in our special ongoing series called You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. You can sign up for any or all of these teleclasses. Any of the classes that have already been given can be purchased as an MP3 audio download as well. The next live teleclass in this series is coming up Saturday, October 27th. From 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one is titled Varieties of Out of Body Experiences. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with Growing Up Awake, Psychic, and Different. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
2: We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about. But these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: turn that negative feeling into a positive one tune in to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit every thursday at 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel
2: if you're lost in the dating world and need gps if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out if you're in need of a dating intervention then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. Voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world.
0: are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Radio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today
1: we're exploring growing up awake, psychic, and different and Michael was talking about um, what it was like being a psychic child himself and then we're going to move into talking about any of you parents out there who have psychic children or if you are a psychic child listening to this <laughs> radio show. And
2: if you were a psychic child and now you're a a, a little bit closed down adult but you, you are starting to open up again and wish to develop your psychic awareness mm-hmm. And abilities again.
1: Yes, and I'd like to add one more thing to that is really everybody is psychic, but some were more aware of it at an earlier time, just mm-hmm. like some people are more aware of their musical talents and so on when they're very young. Yeah, so.
2: and so when I start to access my clairvoyant and intuitive abilities again more fully when I became a young adult, 20, 21 years old, I realized exactly How I shut them down, I didn't completely shut them down, but uh, there was a process, very specific process that I became aware of that started to turn down the higher abilities first and then some of the little bit lower ones. No one else knocked them down in me. I realized immediately I was the one as a child that made the decisions that turned them down. I wasn't thinking at that time of, oh, I don't want these abilities, I'm gonna turn it down, or whatever. No. It's other most of the things that we bring upon ourselves, we're not intending the thing that happens, but the thing that happens is a consequence of the decisions that way we, we make about whatever we're experiencing. So again, why would I why would I wanna turn These things down. I didn't. But what I was concerned with at the time is getting communication, getting into communication. So I'm looking at myself and going, how come I'm not being able to communicate with people, especially in the areas that's most important? For communication, I didn't have any trouble with you know it's a nice day, uh, the sky is blue. Let's go to the let's go to the playground. Let's have some dinner. I'm hungry. Whatever. I
1: think that's really brilliant for a child to even think about that because, in my case, it was more I wanted to get away from the communication because it was so unpleasant.
2: Yeah. Well, in my communication, that most of the time people were not unpleasant. Well, I grew up in Japan. Everybody's programmed from an early age to be polite. Yes. But the energy is always <laughs> No, polite. the energy can feel like a Mack truck running you over, but everybody's polite about it. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So then uh, what happened is when I was very young, around um, five, six, seven years old, I often th- saw things in a kind of living geometry it's it's to this day it's hard to describe it to others but can you imagine as a little kid i didn't have the language i didn't have the life experience how do you describe something that nobody else sees <laughs> but it's what i what i used to tell people was it looks like a little bit like a very you know miniature rise jungle gym you know those uh, crawling, climbing structures that were often in playgrounds. In geometrical shapes. In geometrical shapes. But I didn't even know the word geometry. So the closest thing possible I can think of is jungle gyms. But it was very, very intricate. And and uh, when I would approach a person, whether a child or an adult, when I approached them, all of a sudden, and especially if that person was going through challenging times, going through some growth challenges inside. And then all of a sudden, this very intricate geometrical structure that now I would describe as those 3D triangulation surface morphology diagrams. (laughs) Or I would call sacred geometry. Yeah, sacred geometry could be a way to describe it too but very intricate and all different uh, shapes, all irregular type geodesic structures. And it'll just pop up between me and the other person in midair. And so, of course, as a child, I don't know that the other person isn't seeing the same thing. I'm treating it just like, oh, there's a chair between us. Great, do you see the chair? And they'll say yes. Well, here's this thing. And what I had difficulty with is when I looked at this thing, I knew, I understood what this person is going through, what they need to take their next steps. and But I didn't have the language. I didn't have the know-how to express that in words.
1: If you did, what, what, for instance, would you have
2: said? Well, now, now I do it all the time. I, It's like that almost an... Well, especially when I teach, when I'm giving people counsel, this is where I got, oh, yes, you know, your mother and you had this kind of a relationship. Uh, Oh, you're having trouble with your your father. Uh, uh, You feel like nobody's, you know, uh, listening to you. Or um, uh, they don't see how uh, capable you are. Or this is where I get the information of, oh, this person is a healer. And I've never met them before. So, and it goes on and on and on. It's not just simple, general things like that, but very specific to that soul. It's on a soul level information. So, at the time of, of being a kid, I didn't know any of those concepts or words. So, I would go to the person, look at this. And I point to that geometrical structure. And... Because I real, I figured if they looked at it, they would understand and know the same thing I did. What their issues were. Yeah. And they don't have to turn it into words. I knew it. I would know what to do and things like that. Okay. So that was the beginning. And that went on for a while. But it just never, nobody ever saw it. Nobody ever got it. Nobody ever heard that I was trying to help them. So I finally said to myself, in my head, I just said to myself, well, gee, this isn't working. And the minute I decided it wasn't working, it went away. Huh? I didn't know until years later, where did it go? Well, it never went away. I dumbed myself down. I lowered my vibration and became less aware of it. So once I learned to bring my vibration back up, Oh, I see the same thing again. But what happened is when this geometrical stuff went away, I it got replaced by seeing people's what I know now as auras. But again, as a ten-year-old, I didn't know the word aura. Nobody knew the word aura around me, and so, in my childlike way, I just said, "Oh yeah, everybody." has colors like a colored cloud around each person. And these colors are different and they change. And the adults would look at me like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Or or again, they don't hear it. It just goes right by and they go, Oh, what would you like for lunch? You know? Or they'd say people don't have colored clouds. <laughs> well, well that took a while. It wasn't until a couple years of being frustrated that it's not getting through I mentioned this one woman who was at our house for some reason, Japanese woman. I didn't know who she was, but she was troubled. And, and I can tell she was having a difficult time in her relationship with a man, probably her husband. So I'm seeing this in her aura, in her colors going. And then, so I tell her that. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, your, your colored clouds It's changing colors, and this is what it's telling me. And she goes, she totally takes it away from what it's telling, what I'm telling her, to the colored clouds. And she says, clouds don't have colors. And I said, well, clouds in the sky don't have colors, but the clouds around every person has all kinds of colors. And she said, people don't have clouds around them. (laughs) And I said, okay, what else? How else can I describe it? I said, the air right around people has colors. And she goes, air doesn't have colors. Plus, you can't see air. (laughs) By then, I gave up. And that's the point when I said, again, this isn't working. And then I never quite completely uh, stopped seeing auras, but it went into the background. It wasn't up and close and personal up front. It was kind of faded in the background, and it only came back up uh, when the person was emotionally intense, or you know something intense was happening, whether it's on a joyful level or a sad level or angry at the aura. So that part of the aura would go flame up, but in general, it was in the background. But I never stopped seeing strong energy fields like in this classroom was. Uh, Battleship Gray primarily. This other classroom was bright daisy yellow. (laughs) I I was so happy when I got transferred from the Battleship Gray uh, classroom in fifth grade uh, a month later to the Miss Wilkinson's class which was the bright daisy yellow. (laughs) So anyway and that was the gifted class. And again part of me being so psychic and intuitive. I was constantly being bounced around year after year between the gifted class and the remedial class. And people didn't know whether I was like uh, Raphael, people suspected, was retarded. So they they would, and kids would tease me as, you know, I'm in the retarded class one year, and then the next year I'm in the gifted class. But the teachers couldn't figure me out. Because I didn't really work out in the gifted class, and I didn't really work out in the remedial class.
1: I had a similar manifestation of that, but much later in my childhood, um, towards my high school years, where I actually fought to be in the gifted classes, and then once I was there, realized that um, the creativity got taken out of Um, When you're in a gifted class, a lot of times there's a lot of rules and regulations and and everything is very uh, controlled and and there's no room for the imagination, which I have a great deal of, as do any very
2: psychic people. So when I start to get my abilities back in gear (laughs) as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, Then it came back in the reverse order that I closed it down. And I realized, oh yeah, when I was seeing at that geometrical level, my awareness was at the highest frequency. And that's why the information was all about the more soul aspect of the person. Whereas when I closed that part down and it became all my uh, clairvoyance was... Uh, on a um, aura color vibration level, then my information was much more on a, a psychological uh, relationship with you know where someone was, what someone was feeling, and things of that nature. More here on the more body life in the world, and for that person. And then uh, when that went away is when I start to get along in school (laughs) because I learned that what everybody expected from the teachers to other classmates was for me to be intellectual. And what I realized, I I really looked at it clairvoyantly to see what is this intellectualizing? And, oh, I had to have a reason, a good reason for everything. And for what I say, for what I did, for what I wrote, uh, what answers I got on for tests and stuff. So I started to make up with my imagination, creativity, make up reasons and put it into words. And when I got good at that, I became a straight A student. (laughs) And I had the respect and, uh, you know, uh, acceptance of all the teachers and my classmates,
1: Okay, so I wanted to bring up something here, and that is, you know, how does a child come in with so many abilities like this on a psychic level? It's not unlike uh, someone who comes in as a musical maestro when, you know, writing uh, compositions when they're five years old and so forth. He spent many other lifetimes uh, meditating and and having training in this area. So we're going to talk more about this in the third part. But uh, we have our second break coming right up, so remember to go to michaeltamora.com and click on our monthly events calendar and check out our brand new set of teleclasses in our series titled, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. The next teleclass of this new set is Varieties of Out-of-Body Experiences which will be held on Saturday, October 27th, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Get all details for this soul-inspiring third eye-opening intuition-developing series of this new teleclass series to develop your soul abilities and grow more spiritually awake. Remember, too, that you can purchase any of our past teleclasses as MP3 audio downloads. When we return, we'll, cons- we'll continue our Really interesting exploration of growing up psychic, awake, and different. See you soon.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you frustrated that you can't seem to achieve your goals? Stop struggling and discover your power on Creatrix, creating the life you want, hosted by Amira Mondin. This show features the world's most intriguing guests, ready to guide you to self-realization using the powerful gift of your own mind. Tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time you're ready to tune in for radical change now with dr mary oz it's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package you'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories offer solutions to life's challenges and much more with dr mary's approach even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show listen live every wednesday at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on voice america empowerment what makes someone successful in their field on transformational energy leadership dr matthew allen wolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas advice tips and tricks as to what defines success for them the result is positive transformation for you you'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work And you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling one 346 9141 Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's good to have you back, and welcome to those of you just joining us.
1: Yay. If you are just joining us, um, you can always listen to the download recording of this afterwards to catch the whole show. Our topic today is growing up awake, psychic, and different. Yes. And we were talking about our own experiences uh, with growing up awake and psychic and different and in a different era we both grew up in the 1950s and 60s this is a new time and there are many more awake parents out there or awakening parents out there as well as children coming in with a lot of gifts that are actually uh, in intact and not mm-hmm. getting you know dismissed and and wiped out before they're 5 or 6 or 7 years yeah. old michael
2: and if talk you about if that. you if you listen to many children before they get to three or four years old Uh, it's it's phenomenal because they'll tell you all kinds of things like um one time what was it uh we were talking about some child uh, who oh yeah uh, this was someone we know a child who was telling his mother hey uh, i had you know Before I was born, uh, I was spirit, and I chose you to be my mother, and so forth and so on. And we were just talking about that in our backyard when uh, another child, uh, about three years, four four years old, comes running over, overhearing that, and says, well, when I was, before I was born, I was in this bright room, and I was spirit, and then... Things go kind of dark, and then I was born, and then it goes running off. <laughs> so, so, a lot of adults will listen to children say things like that while they're play, playing and everything. And so, they don't hear it all the way. They're just going, Oh, how cute, you know, how fun. And they think it's just some things kids say. But sometimes, if you're lucky, you'll come across a child who'll tell you much more in detail. Some of them will tell you about their past incarnations. Oh, before I was me, now, I was this, uh, uh, a governor of a country, or uh, in a uh, town, and so forth. Or I was married to (laughs) so-and-so, who's today is my friend in, in my uh, kindergarten class.
1: <laughs> we had a friend whose child all through his childhood would say to his mother, well, back in China, we didn't do it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian kid.
2: Yeah, all American, as as American as you can get. And he's never left his hometown at that point, never seen, you know, he's never traveled anywhere else. And yet so often, you know, he goes, Mom, that's not the way we did it back in China. <laughs> but fortunately, he had very understanding mom who was very psychic herself. And very awake. So this is this is the stuff that's gonna become common. It's gonna be everyday conversation with kids. And that's when you'll know, oh, things are really starting to happen. The world is really waking up. Because given a chance, a child early on will be able to communicate at this level. But you got to remember, they don't have the language. They don't have the words, the vocabulary. Plus, they don't have the life experience in this life to put two and two together. And just like I had trouble with, I knew it, but I couldn't explain it. I knew it, but I couldn't even talk about it most of the times in a language and words that adults would understand.
1: Well, there's another thing I want to talk about too, and this is for the parents of um, obviously very gifted uh, children. Um, We've had the experience of watching psychic children grow up and seeing what some of them are capable of. And one of the things that often will happen with a parent who realizes they have a gifted child in anything but especially Psychically gifted, whether it's in healing or being able to read those auras or look at that jungle gym between himself or herself and the other person, um, and that is parents. Please remember, your child is a child and must still learn the rules of
2: growing up, growing up,
1: and <laughs> how you have to be to live here. And that's not. Necess- I'm not talking about turning down abilities. But just don't let the
2: child run the show. Yes. And we've known, oh, several parents, very good people, very, you know, wonderful and and very aware people. But when it came to their child, they were so aware that the soul of the child was a very, you know, uh, capable being. Mm-hmm. And so... And some of them even recognize, oh, this was my spiritual teacher, you know, f- five lifetimes ago. And so then they start to give up their seniority to their child who needs the guidance of parents. Uh, especially the more capable, the more powerful, the more aware the child is, really the more, uh, what would you call it, uh, clear guidance from the parents they need as children because they're still their body the soul is very advanced but the body still is a little kid little baby needs to be you know fed and put to a nap and all those kinds of things and taken care of the the even if it was a spiritual master in another lifetime they can't change diapers themselves
1: <laughs> in other words you know, every child has their invalidations, but if you overvalidate a child, they end up arrogant and feeling "quote unquote" special. Yes. In in a way that's not healthy.
2: And it's not validation. Validation is always great, but some people think validation is, you know, saying, "Oh, that's great for everything." No, validation is telling the truth. Okay? So so seeing the truth and and Conveying, communicating the truth, that's validating. So if the truth is this child is misbehaving, validation isn't, oh, you're such a nice boy or nice girl. No, that's invalidation. It's not telling the truth. If the child is out of control <laughs> and demanding, well, a more capable soul has more power. So as a child, you know, every child goes through. This is what I want and I want it now because for children now they're they're closer to eternity which is now not there's no future there's no past so to a child a little child everything is right here right now so they haven't learned to translate eternity into physical time and space in this world yet as souls so they have to learn oh this concept of waiting is, it's not there until you learn it. Oh, I'm in time. It's not eternity where everything is instant, instant, instant. Aha, uh-huh. okay. To bring things into this world of time and space, even if everything is instant in spirit, I have to learn to have patience to, okay, let things unfold into this world that I already know, I already thought of, I already asked for, I already did in spirit. But it's taking this thing called time to develop.
1: In a way, it's it's like an experience we had with a child um, that was very close to us who was learning to ski as a four-year-old or five-year-old. And after one ski lesson, he was saying, I'm an expert now, aren't I, Dad? <laughs> and he really meant it. Yeah. And we had to say, well, no, you have some practicing to do. And this is this would be true too, even with parents who are just wanting to keep their child in that more awake state, even if they're not showing outward psychic abilities, but abilities to be more awake. And being more awake oftentimes Means learning about kindness and the effect of what you do to others, and and that sort of thing.
2: Yes, and very important too, is part of raising, uh, especially raising a very capable psychic-aware child, is teaching them being human, all right, which includes you know that uh, famous saying, to err is human, to forgive divine. Well, that's a good model to remember because, especially with kids, because, oh yeah, we're human. We all mess up. We all fall down. We have to fall many times before we learn to walk, you know, and to ride a bicycle, to speak a language. We we mess up over and over and over trying to get it right. And that's okay. That's part of learning. But if if you get Confused, like, just because the kid is so aware and says, you know, casts pearls of wisdom in front of you, you don't have to kowtow and go, oh, you know, holy one, <laughs> uh, uh, well, what do you want? And the kid says, oh, all of a sudden, switches to being a child, and I it. want this very expensive thing, toy for my a birthday present or Christmas becomes the ego yeah and then says I gotta have it now give it to me and starts to get you know obnoxious and well, the parent has to step in and says ah we're not having any of that and this is here's what you're gonna do and this is what we're gonna do so it's not diminishing their psychic uh, abilities or or uh, awareness no you don't have to invalidate that You just have to remember, yes, you're a great soul. And so much of what you say is incredible. And don't ever forget that, you know, keep that. But at the same time, you're a child. You're two years old or six years old or 12 or 15, whatever it is. And you're going to (laughs) listen. And if you want to grow up to be the great being that you truly are as a soul, you have to learn the ins and outs of what you need to do in this world to make it work. Especially in this present time. Yes, and you know, I thought of one great example, which is a very intense one, but I was a guest speaker at a high school, a very high school surrounded by gang gangland in every area. And this one kid, Boy, I saw it was extremely bright, but immediately as I was introduced, he turned his. He was in the back of the t- classroom, turned his chair around, got his cronies to turn their chair around, and they faced away from me. And I, I was laughing inside because I knew what was going on. But long story short, I wanted to get to him. I wanted to reach him. So I started with everybody else, and then worked my way to one person who was not turned around but i can tell he and this guy were friends so i addressed this guy who was his friend and told him a lot about himself and that kind of got this other kid's ears so then i start to talk to this friend about his friend who had his back turned to me and i start to tell him who he was as a soul what he's here for and he was meant to be a leader then the guy turns around, starts listening. He argued a little bit. How do you know? How how can you say that about me? And I gave him more communication. I heard from the principal of that school about six, eight months later, that was a miracle, that he, the boy who was about to be initiated to be a leader of a gangbanger group, instead signed up, to be the team leader of the school basketball team. And the next year, he applied for a better school because he was so bright. And and he heard the thing I said about what it takes to be a leader. He's a leader, but he's not going about it the right way. And he heard that.
1: So do you have any specific communication for parents, since we only have about a minute left, um, about how to work with their psychic or sensitive children?
2: Number one, communication. Always communication. Even if you don't understand them, listen. Validate what they're saying. Even if you don't know what they're saying, validate that they're saying these things, that the child is experiencing it this way, and it's the best way they're able to say it. You could, And ask them questions, right? And let them tell you instead of making a judgment call too early. So that's first and foremost. And then uh, like uh, we were talking about, still be the parent or the teacher or the you know, guidance counselor or whatever your position is in relationship to that child. And, and so it's both, not one or the other. Wow. Be grounded, yes. be in the center of your hair, head and be aware yourself. And develop your own awareness, and you'll help everyone else around you.
1: And in simple kinds of ways, you can also teach your children these tools. Yes. It's it's very safe to teach them. Well, doggone it, we're already finishing up. So join us next Wednesday right here on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora for some profound lessons learned from dying. Please remember to tell all your friends about our show and share it on social media. And be sure to check out our website, michaeltamora.com, about our current series of teleclasses, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. Join us for our next teleclass this Saturday, October 27th, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, to learn about varieties of -of out-of-body experiences. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. Thank you for joining us.